my degenerate angels i'm so excited it's the happiest most wonderful time of the year and no it's not christmas it's halloween my only religious holiday the thing that keeps me going all year round even when times are tough because i mean like what's not to like it's the day or I guess like week that everyone is allowed to dress as outlandish or slutty or bizarre or berserk as they want without any sort of societal judgment. It's pure creativity and joy and expression and fantasy I could go on. And the most important thing is that real life becomes irrelevant. And I just think that that's so cool that we get one day where all of us anal humans are just like, nothing matters. I personally have spent the last six years relishing in the fact that for once, during this very limited precious time, the fact that I naturally look like a drag queen is actually an asset. So I go one step further and completely transform myself into the tragic blonde that I internally identify as. So I'm talking like, Lace front wig, colored contacts, lightened foundation that also covers my eyebrows, handcrafted costumes, everything. Who have I done in past years? I've done Anna Nicole Smith, Britney Spears, John Benet Ramsey, and even the Milkmaid statue from Clockwork Orange. Truly iconic, if I do say so myself. And you can go to my Instagram page to see the photographic evidence. And you know what? Beyond the costumes, I also love the fact that everybody becomes obsessed with all things spooky and demented, which makes me feel less alone in my obsession with the macabre. Like, people ask to see disturbing shit during this time. They put themselves in harm's way. And, you know, if you look past my glittery outfits and my loud laughter... I'm a goddess of darkness, y'all. Like, Monday is my favorite day of the week. I can only grocery shop between the hours of 8 and 10 p.m., and that's what relaxes me. You get the picture. I'm insane. So to say that I'm excited about this week and this week's episode is a total understatement. But real quick, let me do a little introduction for anyone new here who's like, who is this bitch? My name is Allie Weiss. I am a Z-list performer and writer in downtown New York City. I'm obsessed with all things branded weird or wrong or socially unacceptable by society. And this is my podcast, my baby, Tales of Taboo, which is a show that explores those things through anonymous confessions that are collected through castings on my Instagram stories. And by opening up conversations that we're repeatedly told not to have, but doing so behind the shield of anonymity, my hope is to normalize that gray area between right and wrong and normal, quote unquote, and weird, quote unquote, and learn more about what it actually means to be human when you eliminate the judgment. And now on the topic of humanity, this week we are talking about the extraterrestrial. 
the paranormal, the encounters with spirits and beings that defy most people's understanding of what is real. Obviously, this is an on-theme topic for Halloween because most of these encounters are in spooky circumstances and they can also be quite campy. But I want to emphasize that I actually fully support and believe in every story you're going to hear today. I myself have never had a profound encounter with the paranormal, but I live my life with the understanding that there is so much we do not understand. Having boundaries and rules and a so-called definition of like fact and fiction makes people artificially feel less anxious about the fact that life is like short and long at the same time and there's ultimately no meaning to it like life I'm sorry is meaningless so it really drives me insane when people are quick to dismiss each other's experiences or viewpoints as not valid just because they don't agree with them or because they haven't been validated by the like bajillionaire companies that publish expensive textbooks look I I have no answers. I can't tell you whether there's life outside Earth or if something happens when we die or if we simply rot in the ground. I'm clueless, so I'm neutral. But what I do know is that experiences with UFOs and ghosts and non-earthly energies are extremely taboo to talk about because of the lack of understanding. And so I wanted to give people who feel isolated in their experiences a place to feel a little more seen and heard. Plus, it's a hell of a lot of fun to hear these stories, is it not? So without further ado, this is Tales of Taboo. So my story involves a ghost or several ghosts in a childhood home of mine uh, that my parents purchased in the late 90s um, in a suburb just outside of Washington, D.C. And one of the most unsettling things, perhaps, in all of this has to be the fact that, you know, the house itself wasn't some creepy, you know, run-down, dilapidated Victorian you know, home in the middle of the sticks. It was a sweet house in the middle of a suburb. But the suburbs themselves are kind of creepy themselves. So (laughs) I guess there you have it. So, um, you know, it all, it all started out with little things. And uh, I was not the only one who experienced or saw and or felt these things. Everyone in my family, my mom, my dad, my brother, They all saw and heard things and felt things, and our family dog had a pretty uh, strong reaction to certain parts of the house as well. Um, So it all started out actually with doors slamming shut on their own. Um, Specifically, the door to my room would almost always slam shut by itself, and this was with no windows open. And I remember more than once on several occasions being downstairs in the kitchen with my mother, And we would be talking or cooking or doing something together and the door would just slam shut and we would just look at each other and we would kind of, you know, dart our eyes around the room and then just sort of keep going. And we actually 
we would never really talk about it and we would just kind of, you know, keep going. I mean, and that's the thing. You kind of acclimate when it's in your house, unless it's a very malevolent spirit or thing, you kind of just acclimate. I'm not saying it's fun or pleasant, but you get used to it and you kind of just, you know, you live with it. So with that in mind, you know, uh, one of the things I got used to, which was kind of one of the worst things, actually, was when I was in the living room watching television. The couch faced the TV, so my back was always to the stairwell. And I always felt like there was someone or something standing on those stairs watching me. The entire time I lived there, I felt as though I was being watched when I was alone in the in the living room. And uh, I never once turned around. It was definitely a, you know what, out of sight, out of mind, just keep watching, focus on what's in front of you. One night, I'm laying in bed. I'm kind of on the threshold of sleep and consciousness. And I hear my name being whispered over and over again. And it dawned on me that um, I had actually closed and locked my door that night. So I didn't dare turn over to look. I just kind of pulled my blanket over my head and ignored it and shut my eyes. But the last straw in all of this was probably the handprints. It was definitely the handprints. Uh, So it was just, it was a Saturday morning and my entire family was home, but we were all in different parts of the house. And my mother had been vacuuming. And I remember I heard the vacuum shut off and she yelled out for all of us to come upstairs uh, to the primary bedroom where she and my dad slept. So we all, you know, tore up the stairs and we all ran into the room and she's just pointing at the carpet. And we all look at the carpet and there is a set of like an imprint of these little handprints. And we all get down to, ma- to try to match our hands to the handprints, you know, kind of like you do in Hollywood with the stars uh, in the cement, that's kind of what we were doing, except the handprints were way too small for all of our hands. And the four of us just looked at each other and we had no explanation. And I remember my mother just switched the vacuum cleaner back on and all four of us just watched, you know, we just watched as she like vacuumed over the hands, the handprints over and over again. And they finally disappeared you know, we come to find out later that there had been a creek uh, that ran several lengths of the block that used to be behind the homes in the early 70s. And a little girl had drowned in the creek right behind our home. And we figured that's where everything was coming from. You know, the happenings, the whispering, the doors slamming. Um, It wasn't truly malevolent but it was definitely unsettling and the worst part was there was nowhere to run or escape to because it was my home my childhood home was actually built over um an indian burial ground a la poltergeist the movie no one was notified that the houses were being built over this indian burial ground but it came out After there was a bunch of occurrences of people seeing strange objects in their house, hands moving through walls, hearing strange voices. So 
the town began to investigate and they found that the builder did indeed build over an Indian burial ground. I never had any negative experience. Um, we just had a lot of odd things happen. Um, we had a traditional screen porch door, which means you could see out the front and we'd be eating dinner. The doorbell would ring or it would open and close on its own. Um, microwaves would go on and off. Light bulbs would explode. Um, but nothing very violent. When I was 18 years old, my parents were moving out of the house, and that's when things got a little odd. I was in my house um, packing, and I was in my bedroom, and I unplugged my TV and had a CD player on. Obviously, I'm dating myself, but my sister came in and said, why do you have music on so loud if your TV's on? And I turned around, and the TV was still not plugged in, but there was complete static on the screen. Then we went out, um, we had packed up all the boxes, they were in the living room, and they were kind of all stacked up on top of each other to be, you know, take up less room, and we went out to get pizza, because I'm from New Jersey, and that's what we do on Friday nights, and we came home, and all the boxes were splayed out on the floor, um, just one by one, so it seemed like the paranormal did not want us to leave our house, again, never a negative experience, um, I just always felt very connected to the spirit world um, after living in that house. Nothing terrifying. Um, I did have a neighbor, however, that had an incident where they called the cops to the house because their eight-year-old daughter saw a green arm coming through their basement door. And she was convinced there was a man down there. So convinced, in fact, that um, she told her babysitter. They called the cops. They looked for everything. They found a weird gel-like substance, but it was never identified. And that's sort of the history of my childhood home being built over an Indian burial ground. My grandpa was a spiritist, and he used to write letters to the dead while he got bedridden for three months because the spirits were draining his energy, essentially. And whatever force he made a pact with uh, told him that in exchange for his health, his kids and the kids of his kids down the line would have sensitivity to the paranormal. Well, for me, my first instance, I was probably around like um, five years old. And um, this is my, I don't remember it, but my mother told me that I was look at the corner of her room and I said mom who is that and she didn't see anyone so it freaked her out and then from there um the one that I would remember would be the hat man that everyone sees when they are in a sleep paralysis but instead the hat man actually talked to me and I was probably around like 12 at the time and I just remember um being so scared and crying and just being terrified. And then I opened my eyes and he was gone. Uh, the conversation was somewhere along the lines where he was a demon. I can't remember the name, it's been so long, but it was a pretty freaky experience. At first I would be scared but now I'm just used to it because what can you do and especially because after when I actually told my sister about what has been happening she told me the things about my grandpa and it all made sense for me when these things happened uh my body would just kind of like freeze 
but I wasn't paralyzed. I had total um, control, but I, you just, you know, for example, like when your stomach just drops, that's what happens to me. Uh, mentally, it used to make me feel like I was crazy before I knew what was going on and that I'm not the only one in the family that this has been happening to. I got into a really deep depression at once because it was happening so often. I would get these visits and um, I think the one that actually helped me realize that I wasn't really crazy is when I saw my grandma right after she passed away and she told me um, things about my dad that I've never knew and I she told me to tell my dad and I told him and he just started crying because he hadn't told anyone but his mom about these things so for now I'm okay what? <laughs> and I think it's pretty cool when some people either look at me like I'm fucking insane or they believe me so I guess you decide so I come from an old tiny town in Canada where the town is your classic old western movie feel full of cowboys and cows and all that fun stuff near my town there was a big massacre site that happened many years ago um I believe that has caused a lot of spooky dark vibes on this town so I have always felt spirits around me um I've spoken to them but I haven't really ever seen many but there has been two times I've seen ghosts spirit whatever you may call it and then one time where I'm not sure but it maybe had been a demon I don't know so the first time I seen anything I was maybe 14 I was your typical moody mean depressed teenager not mentally in a good place I was casually partying or listening to anything remotely emo one morning my mom was waiting for me she was late for work and I was taking my sweet ass time getting ready she had screamed to me to hurry up and left the house to wait in the car me not caring I kept taking my time so my room was the last room at the end of the hallway, and in a certain area the floor always creaked. I heard the creak, but I never heard the door open. So I turned around to yell. I almost finished, and in my childhood home is this big, tall man in a black trench coat and a top hat, like, so tall it was creepy. He had gray hair. He looked like Scrooge from that Christmas movie, and he just walked through the hallway wall. That led to outside. I ran, walked out to my house, out of my house. I didn't say a thing to my mom. I think I felt more shock than panic since I was prepared for it to be my mom. But it's all I thought about that day. And then through the years, I never seen him again. But I'd stay up late, and there would always be huge bangs on my door at 4 a.m when no one else was awake but me. A different time, a weird white chalky substance was on the door frame. It looked like someone threw a white, you know, a paintball gun thing at the wall. No one could explain where it came from, but to this day, my mom still lives there and has never experienced anything. So the second time I seen something, I was 17. I was heavy into yoga. I was taking the teacher training to become a yoga teacher. I was in an okay headspace at the time, I think. <laughs> I mean, probably not, but felt like it at 16. Um, I was hooking up with 
this older guy. I was doing yoga every day on top of partying way too often. Um, felt like the best time of my life. So my teacher asked me to watch her dogs for her overnight. As I had mentioned, my town is old as fuck and spooky. So her place was this old 1900 brick house. So I was in the living room with the dogs. They were sleeping. We were sitting on the window seat and I was just scrolling through my phone, you know, Instagram, Facebook, that stuff. And I get that feeling someone's watching me. So I look up and in the doorway is this old woman in an old white nightgown. I blink and have a moment of shock and panic and, I th- and in that time I blink she was gone. I didn't know if I was making this shit up or not so I text the lady about it and she responds with oh sorry I thought she wouldn't bother you she's harmless I was so freaked out I forced my friend to come stay with me that evening that night I had to stay over I just felt like I was being watched the whole time and I couldn't sleep last story I have I was again probably the same age 16 or 17 my aunt and I were gonna go stay with their son in Calgary he had some issues still does he you know he's dealt with all through his life with drinking and drugs, that type of stuff. Um, I was never worried about it though. I mean, he's actually the relative I relate most to. So we stay the night. I have to sleep on the couch. The apartment is tiny. Um, As I'm laying there trying to sleep, I again get that feeling. Something's staring at me. It's like burning a hole in the back of my head, staring. So I turned to look towards the corner of the room above the TV, and I swear my fucking soul leaves my body. There is a black thing that resembles what we know as a demon. It looked part dog, it had horns, and it had this like black mist with it, and red, red eyes. I could only see the head as it was popping out of the wall. I know it sounds fake, but I swear in my life this happened. I have a panic attack alone in this dark living room at 12 a.m. probably. I'm not sure of the time exactly. Um, too worried to wake anyone to be annoying, you know. <laughs> hey, I just saw a demon. Sorry to wake you. Um, what was I even thinking? Anyway, I force myself to sleep and literally pray for someone to protect me. God, Jesus, Spirit whatever who whatever would save me i'm not sure when i finally fell asleep but i did next morning i mentioned it to my aunt and yeah this thing had been following her son around for a long time she knew about it um his whole life he suffered very bad night terrors Uh, they tried getting rid of it but nothing has worked it's like it's literally attached to him like to his insides, his bones, I don't know, but they can't get rid of it. I don't think it led me to be any different than I am or was. Um, For the two stories where I was around 16, 17, I was starting to get into, you know, the tarot cards, the crystals, you know, opening myself to that stuff. Um, So maybe it opened, you know, opened something without realizing I had. Part of me just believes, though, that it is part of my family, but bloodline, as we have all been able to talk to spirits or see spirits, Um, some of us hear and some of us see, but we all have many stories about ghosts. This is my UFO encounter kind of alien story. 
and I was 21 years old. I was living in a carriage house in Denver, Colorado. I was studying for an exam and I noticed that the clock had turned about 2.30, 3 in the morning. And I decided that I was gonna, you know, get ready to go to bed. I got into my bed. My house was extremely small. It was about 500 square feet. And as I got into bed, I had my window open and I saw this blue light kind of come through the alleyway because I lived right off of an alleyway. And it was really an ominous feeling blue light. And I got pretty creeped out. So I got into my bed and kind of just started to get comfortable and get under the covers when I heard something that sounded like it was opening my gate from the alleyway. And no one should be coming in my gate at three in the morning. It was a Wednesday night. And I just felt this really weird presence coming towards me. And it just felt like something was moving in my outside kind of garden area. So I got really freaked out and I turned off my lights and I kind of laid in bed and I just was staring at my front door because I could see it because I didn't have a door on my bedroom. And I was looking out at my door and the lights were off and I just felt like this presence had entered my house had entered through the door. The door didn't move, but I definitely felt like this presence had come into the house. And I started to move the covers over my head and I just felt like something was coming towards me and coming closer and coming closer. And then I just felt like something was standing right next to me. The hair on my skin was just standing up and the minute that I tried to move and kind of take the covers off of me and see and turn on my light and see what it was, I was completely frozen and I couldn't move at all. And I woke up the next morning and my friend at the time, I had kind of these weird visions that I kept kind of going back to of me on a table and I had actually hurt my knee about two days prior to this instant. And when I woke up in the morning, my knee didn't hurt at all anymore. And so I kind of just went throughout my day after I woke up and showered and kind of still had these weird thoughts in my head and thought, what happened last night? And my friends, I was hanging out in the, with them that evening and we were all kind of into the paranormal and kind of aliens and all that jazz. So I said, hey, guys, this is what happened. My friend Noelle at the time, her grandfather was like the leading UFO person in Colorado. And she said, do you have two, three parallel dots? She said, do you have three parallel dots anywhere on your body that you don't think were there before? She said, you said that you were in pain and you're not in pain anymore. And I said, yeah, it was my knee. And we looked at my knee and we had a line of freckles that I've never seen before. And so it just really freaked me out because like, that's the one thing that you'll know. If you were, you know, beamed up <laughs> or taken onto an alien's spacecraft, like that is one thing that you will definitely have on your body. 
So I was super, super freaked out. And I just kind of was like going through my week and just really thinking like, did that really happen? Did I really get abducted by aliens? And what are these kind of things that I'm thinking about? And so I went into the mountains that weekend and we were stargazing and looking up at the stars. We were seeing shooting stars. And my friends are like, I swear to goodness, that looks like a UFO. Like, I swear to God. And I was like, honestly, I told you my story because I told them what happened as well. And I was like, don't mess with me. Please don't mess with me. And they're like, no, like it's either a plane or it's something. It's not a star. And the crazy thing is, is like when I looked at it, I started to get a migraine. And the closer this UFO plane came to me, the stronger my migraine got to a point where we had to leave and couldn't actually stay in the mountains anymore because I had such a bad migraine. And it really freaked me out because we all didn't know what was in the sky. And as it was coming closer to me, like I said, the migraine got stronger. And I don't know what happened all those nights ago, but every single time I tell the story and even think about how I felt with that presence entering my house and then waking up the next morning after knowing I was frozen in my bed and was not able to move when I wanted to throw the covers off of me. I just, you know, my mom used to tell me I was dropped on the doorstep by aliens. So that really made me feel like I was much more connected. It is February 2014, and I'm house-sitting my friend's parents' house in our hometown in Northern California, and I'm awoken from my sleep. I'm sleeping upstairs in my friend's sister's room, and the bed is up against a window, so my head is looking up and out into the sky, and I'm awoken by the sound of rain, which is really exciting because it was an extended drought at that period, and we really hadn't gotten a lot of rain that winter. I feel very peaceful, and then I start to get this feeling that I'm going to be struck by lightning, and it's kind of a pressure in my chest, right in the center of my chest, and it keeps building, and I just have this overwhelming feeling that I'm going to be struck by lightning, which is crazy because I'm inside of a house, but it was a, kind of a dreamlike state. And what happens next is, I'm not sure whether it's a, a, a dream or, or not, but I am struck by lightning or some force like lightning and I'm pulled up through the lightning bolt and my body is um, turned inside out and then right side in again. And it's not painful or anything, but I'm kind of aware of this experience. And the next thing I know is I am on kind of an operating table and surrounded by a bunch of beings. It's very blurry and the light is very warm and yellow and I'm definitely not afraid and I'm laying there and I realize that my head is opened and they are kind of like operating on my brain and they're weaving a kind of like needle and thread into my brain. And all I know is that I'm not scared and that they're friendly 
and what they're offering me in this surgery is some sort of information that is going to help humanity and planet earth. And the next thing I know is it's morning. I wake up suddenly and am just beaming from ear to ear, extremely happy and can remember everything very vividly. This story happens, I think, about 22 years ago. I was on a cruise with my family in the Caribbean. Second to last or the last night, I remember that I was hanging out with a girl and we were, you know, trying to find uh, some privacy up on the on the top deck. We finally found a place at the very, very front of the boat where there was no ambient light from the cruise ship at all. You couldn't you couldn't see any any lights. And if you kind of went underneath the overhang, it blocked every light from the ship. And we we're out in the middle of the ocean and you know, far from any of the coasts and you you couldn't see light anywhere. It was pitch black. And it was the clearest I had ever seen the sky and the stars up up until that point in my life. And suddenly we see this this light. And the the size that it was glowing in the sky was bigger than than what an airplane would be. And it kind of just appeared out of nowhere. I can remember it so vividly and I've told this story a number of times in the past and it just kind of appeared out of nowhere and just whoosh, you know through the sky and we're looking at it we think it's a a shooting star or something right but then it stops dead in its tracks and then it made a 90 degree turn just it stopped and made like a left turn right just and just as fast as it had been going Stopped, made, I think, two or three more turns, sharp, sharp angle turns. And then just as fast as it showed up, whoosh, it flew off and disappeared. And we both looked at each other like, did you, did we just, did we just see that like in real life? You know, making sure that we weren't just kind of imagining it. Obviously, just no no rational explanation. You know, we're nowhere to be seen for land. It was not like a laser pointer or anything like that. You know, it was a glowing light in the sky. And it actually, the speed that it was moving, you know, when you're looking at the sky and you see like uh, satellites or the ISS or whatever, like passing through, like it was moving faster than that. So it was moving quickly, not quite as fast as, as a meteor might move, but um, it was moving maybe close to that fast. And that was, uh, that was the, uh, probably the only time that I saw a UFO and hundred percent, I believe it was, uh, uh, it was not, you know, something from that someone on earth had created or, or a, flashlight you know it wasn't something like that um the speed at which it was moving and which it stopped uh was just incredible and i don't know how anything could could survive a g-force like that it was uh, uh kind of boggled my mind but that really kind of piqued my interest then in ufos 
My paranormal experience was about five years ago. I was living in my first New York City apartment in the East Village. It was a nice apartment, but definitely an old building. And this was shortly after graduating college and getting my first real job. So I feel like I was maybe a little lost in life, Um, but it was definitely an exciting time, I would say. I was not seeking out any spiritual guidance or looking for these types of experiences at all. My interaction was very brief, but I definitely didn't forget it. So I was sleeping in my room one night and I woke up and I had this strange sensation, this strange feeling. I was very calm, which is weird for me because I'm usually in like a full-on fucking panic. But weirdly, I just knew something was up, so I, so I woke up. I could feel and I think see a presence at the end of my bed slash like the corner of my room. It seemed like whatever it was, whoever they were, was just passing through. I remember asking or like thinking, are you a ghost? Um, And they literally just said or communicated to me, yes. But somehow I got this like weird reassurance um, feeling just kind of came over me like I knew I was safe I knew it was not a threatening presence and then I just remember being very still but calm laying down in bed and they just kind of like passed through my bedroom and went through I guess like the window or wall or whatever Um, but that's really all that it was that's all that I remember it was very weird for me I've never been like super into paranormal things I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. I don't like have a a strong opinion, I would say. Um, But yeah, it was a cool experience. My first experience with a ghost didn't happen actually until I got to college. So my freshman year of college, I go to school in Massachusetts at a school that has been around since like 1834. So it's got a lot of history. It's seen a few wars. And I was actually in my dining hall, which is one of the original buildings that was on the campus and so I worked in like the Starbucks that was in the dining hall and I was working a Saturday shift and the way it was set up was that only student workers would work on Saturdays because the rest of the dining hall was closed so it was literally me because I was the only person working um, in this entire first floor of our dining hall and then this massive kitchen that is kind of like connected to it. Um, and prior to actually having uh, had my experience, I uh, was working during the day with uh, another coworker, an older woman who had worked here for a while. And she was like, oh, like I have to bring you to the basement. So she brought me and another one of my coworkers down to the basement. And basically the basement of this building is just this like massive empty concrete tomb essentially there's nothing down there it locks from the inside out so like no one's ever down there so if you want to get in there you know you have to come through the kitchen so that's important I guess so there was no one down there because I was the only one working so the first experience I had while working this job was I was uh, to clean out coffee filters and like the coffee machines we would have to take it into the big area um, of the kitchen and just like turn the water on the faucet all the way and let the water run through for like five minutes and I did this every single time I worked so I brought the coffee maker into the area with the sink into the big kitchen turned on the water all the way walked back into like the area where students are served 
and like did some more cleaning up, did the cash register, whatever. And when I came back, the water was completely off. And I know that I was alone. And I also know that like if someone saw it running, they wouldn't turn it off because it was like running for a purpose. So that kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies. Like I just finished my shift really quick and whatever. Um, and I told my friends about it, and I also told her um, about how my coworker had brought me into the basement, and it was so creepy, and she was like, oh my god. My friend was like, we have to go down there. Like, after one of your shifts next week, call me when you're done cleaning up, and we'll go down in the basement together. And so I finished my shift, you know, I finished cleaning and everything, and I'm like, okay, I'll call my friend. I'm like, you can come now. Like, we can go down. So, like I said, always was alone. No one was in the basement because it locks from the inside out. You literally can't get in unless you come through the kitchen, and I was by myself. Um, my friend and I go down to the basement. We're just, like, we, like, prop open the door like a bucket. <laughs> uh, we go down there, and we're just walking around and, like, looking at it. It's creepy as fuck, of course. Like, And we're walking, and then we kind of, like, hear this really faint, like, music noise. It's like, I'll do it. <laughs> we hear this and at first we were like what is that like that's so weird um and then we like look at each other and we realized what it was and it wasn't anyone's music because we're in the basement of a building that's completely empty and we look at each other and we just go oh my god and then just like haul ass back to the stairs And we're, like, turtling, you know, when your backpack's, like, flapping against your ass. It was so cringe. My most recent paranormal experience has been uh, at my ex-boyfriend's house. He was living in this house that was built, I think, in, like, the 1820s or something ridiculous like that. I was the only one home. He was gone. He had gone to work or something. His whole family was gone. So it was just me, which was rare. I was rarely alone in the house by myself. This was, like, a one-time thing. And I was making lunch or something, um, standing in the kitchen, and I just, like, am, you know, cutting a vegetable, and I just hear, hey, like, super loud in my ear. And I'll touch on this afterwards, but it was very similar to when I heard the humming in my dining hall basement. And I was like, okay. Like, I stopped, and I wasn't necessarily scared because I was like, okay, maybe it like was his family member who like pulled up outside or something. So I went outside and I was like, hello, hello, is anyone here? No one's there. No one's in the whole house. So I'm like, okay, you know, it didn't really bother me. I was like, it's fine. So then I went back to doing what I was doing. And then like six minutes later, hey, again in my ear. And I was like, oh my God, that's so creepy. So at that point, I just went on with my day, and he got home like an hour later, and I told him what happened. Um, but the interesting thing about I find about this is every time I've experienced a paranormal interaction, it's been an auditory experience for me. I know that both of those things that I heard were paranormal because they were so similar in the way that they felt in my ear. Like the sound of both the humming in the basement and the guy saying, hey, in my ear, sounded like it was in my ear and far away at the same time and it had like a static quality to it that I've never heard like in normal life. I've always been super receptive to the paranormal because my mom like grew up like she raised me when I she was like obsessed with this stuff like dad asked we went to Salem Massachusetts like every single year since I was like five 
So I've been totally comfortable with it. Um, never really bothered me, honestly. When I was eight years old, my father had just passed away. At the time, we lived in a two-apartment house, and we had the top floor. One night, my mom and I were up late, cuddled on the couch, watching TV, when all of a sudden, a noise frightened us. We both heard footsteps and keys jingling in the stairway of our apartment. It was very clear. This noise, at first familiar, because my dad usually came home from work at night and had a large king ring that always jingled as he came up the stairs. The noises only lasted for a moment, and we instantly turned off the TV so we could kind of hear what was going on. At first, we thought it may be a burglar. Um, we were staring com in complete darkness, and the noises had stopped, and somewhat of an orb appeared at the end of the hallway that we were staring down. It was neon green, pink, and yellow. It was whirling and spinning. It was completely soundless. My mom and I were absolutely frozen and speechless. There was no possible explanation. There was any shadows or any light that was transferring from a different place. Um, it was completely isolated. My older brother had said he saw the same exact thing when he was staying with us after my father's funeral. Honestly, I don't know if it was his ghost or spirit, but it truly can't be explained. But what I will say is that that time of my life was a giant explosion of energy. To give a timeline, my parents' best friend completed a tragic suicide two months later. My dad dies unexpectedly. My maternal grandmother develops schizophrenia. My maternal grandfather goes to prison. My mother stopped sending me to school for two months because she was too depressed to leave her bedroom. My great-grandmother's house burns down. And then my mother starts to date extremely abusive men and plummets our family into poverty. This all happened within one year. The bright neon orb appeared within no explanation in the middle of the timeline. I still wonder about it. Once again, my degenerate angels, my name is Allie Weiss and this has been Tales of Taboo. If you enjoyed what you heard today, if it was mind expanding, if it was shocking and awing, honestly, even if it wasn't, even if you hated everything, you hate the way I sound, please remember to subscribe on Spotify and iTunes. And if you're using iTunes, come on, man, take 30 seconds, literally 30 seconds out of your day to leave me a star rating and review. I don't care if you write in the review like Allie looks like she smells or she like really needs to get her eyebrows done. I don't care what it is. Every review helps. And the more reviews we have, the more exposure we have organically on these streaming sites, the less likely it is that I'm going to have to partner with like dumb companies and try to sell you guys like CBD and teeth whitening that you don't need. Okay. It works for both parties. Questions, comments, complaints, hate notes, love letters, the usual. Send those to AllieWeissWorld at gmail.com. You can also DM me on Instagram at AllieWeissWorld, but my DMs are a mess because of castings. If you actually want to hear back from me, it's always best to send an email. Or you can tie a squirrel to a pigeon's foot and send it to my home. I'm analog. I'm old school. That's the fastest way to my heart. I hope you all have an amazing, creative, fun, communal Halloween. Please be safe. Don't take candy from strangers unless it's wrapped and sealed. Maybe test it for fentanyl. And um, let me know the hijinks you get up to. I really want to hear and send me pictures of your costumes. I love you guys so much. I'll see you again next week. And until then, be good.